Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Ivoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today on the show, we have Kyle Harrison. Kyle was a graduate of Hopkins. He was a three-time All-American and a three-time Tawarton Trophy finalist. He was the 2005 NCAA Player of the Year. He was a two-time Midfielder of the Year. He led Hopkins to a national championship in 2005, and he's a member of the all-time Johns Hopkins team. He was the number one draft pick in the 2005 MLL Draft. He's been an MLL All-Star multiple times, and he's been a member of Team USA in 2006 and again in 2014. Kyle and I played against each other in college and a little bit in the MLL. We got a chance to talk about a bunch of topics like deliberate practice, understanding your game, eating right, time management, developing confidence under pressure, commitment, and much more. Here's my interview with Kyle Harrison. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Fired up to be here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to finally talk, but let's get started like I always do. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? So I think probably like most kids in Baltimore, um, you know, I noticed it in kindergarten and in first and second grade when other people were playing. But even before that, you know, my father played. So there were, there were sticks around the house and there were pictures of him hanging in the wall uh, of him playing, whether that was at Morgan State or in high school, right. all that good stuff. So I, um, you know, I saw it early, um, but, you know, be, being in Baltimore, it's, it's kind of everywhere you go. Right, right, right. So who who were the uh, who were the people that you looked up to? Uh, you know, I mean, my dad played lacrosse as well. He was the guy that I ultimately looked up to. I assume it's the same with your father, but um, who were those idols that you that you looked up to while you were growing up? Yeah, so kind of what you just said. I think it started with my dad, um, just because that that was the guy that that you know as a kid you grew up wanting to be like your dad. So when I see pictures of him playing and him wearing that eighteen jersey and all that good stuff that, that made me want to want to want to play and want to be like him. And then as I got older um, and started, you know, paying attention to lacrosse and watching lacrosse, it was guys like AJ Hogan at Hopkins, um, just a midfielder that could do everything, dodge either hand, shoot it on the run, um, just an athlete, leader, all, all that good stuff. So AJ Hogan was a big guy for me. Jay Jalbert was another great guy for me at Virginia. Um, fortunate enough to play with him on the national team as well. So he was a guy that I took a lot from, um, but just a player that like I still watch to this day. You know, I, I think I probably have half of his views on his highlight table on YouTube is, is Mike Powell. I've just um, I've never seen anyone move the way he moved. I've never seen anyone handle the stick the way he handled it. The the, the style he played with, man. I, I think uh, I'm bummed that he didn't play professionally as as long as he probably could have, and he probably could still play honestly if, if we brought him back right now right. um just because there's a generation of kids that that didn't see what that guy could do yeah and it was just so special man we haven't seen anything like it yeah yeah mike was the uh so mike was was he uh is he a year older than us or two years older than us i can't remember yep now. yep no he's, a year, no he's a year older than us. year older than us yeah so he he's the He's honestly the first player that I saw, you know, as as an athlete who's competitive, whenever you look at somebody that you're competing against, you look at them and you you sort of rationalize them in your head, right? You say like, ah, you know, they're they're good, but they're not that good. You know, I, I can be better than that or I'm better right. than that guy. Mike was the first guy that I saw and was just like, nope, no, that guy's that guy's better than everybody else on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. Oh, dude, yeah. that's. That's really funny you say that because yeah. I, so I had the same kind of thing, uh, mm -hmm. but for me, and you could you could ask my Hopkins coaches. For me, I became obsessed with his film yeah. because athletically, I could do what he could do, 
Right. I just wasn't as skilled, right? And so I was having so much trouble mentally figuring out, like, what what is going on? Like, I can <laughs> do that part, But, like, why doesn't it look the way that right. it is looks, you right. know? So he was just – he's the perfect combination, dude. Like, athleticism, stick skills, IQ. Like, he had it all. Right. Um, right. And it was just wild. It was yeah. absolutely – we haven't seen anything close to it. No, you know, it really like, nothing has been close. It really is. You're right. You're right. I, I You know what? I, I do want to get back to that in a second, but – Let's uh, let's focus yep. on your or continue to focus on your early days right now. So, uh, yep. did did you play any other sports while you were in high school, or while you were growing up? I did. So, yep, I did. So it was lacrosse, soccer, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lacrosse didn't become like my sport until like junior, senior year of high school. It was always I was probably the best at basketball, um, and then soccer. And then lacrosse. Um, mm. Lacrosse, I was really athletic. Just I, like I just said earlier, like I just wasn't very skilled. Right. Uh, but really athletic, and so it didn't come as easy as the other two. So uh, it was it was always basketball, soccer, then lacrosse. Gotcha, gotcha. So at what point did you start thinking about, hey, lacrosse is the sport that I that I want to play. I'm going to play at the next level. Right. So it was my junior year. Like I spent, <clears throat> excuse me, I spent my, my sophomore year. So that like you have your sophomore year and then that summer. So I spent that summer playing at a lot of elite basketball camps mm-hmm. and I was bouncing around, man. And seeing these guys that are like six, 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 five could do what I do uh, just better. <laughs> and so, you know, at six, one, I'm, I'm thinking like, all right, so maybe, maybe this isn't going to be the look. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I did so- I did soccer camps as well. And I, I, you know, I still to this day think like soccer may have been my best sport mm-hmm. just because I, I played club um, and I was a sweeper. And so all I really had to do was like, chase somebody down, go shoulder to shoulder, knock them off the ball, and then right. kick it the other way. Like, it right, was just right. such an easy <laughs> right. um, thing. And I, I remember playing at the club level, playing at these elite tournaments, these ODP-type tournaments, and being like, is this it? Like, this is all I got to do is just chase these dudes. Like, there was no skill to, like, the handling the ball in the midfield or being a forward. Like, I literally tried to run people down, bump right. them off the ball, and kick it the other way. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was just a little boring, candidly. And so, yeah. for me, that the next summer – uh, it was like a transition, right? So we went from my, the B conference in Baltimore, which wasn't very high level lacrosse, mm-hmm. um, to the A conference my junior year. And so that, that summer, um, I played really well in top 205. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's when like lacrosse started making sense. It was like the summer of my junior year, uh, playing a top 205 with all those other high level guys and noticing that like I'm, I'm up here with them. Um, and then once, once I realized like, all right, I can play with these dudes. Then all of a sudden my, my family history started making a lot more sense. And once it was something I wanted to start connecting with. And, and so we just kind of ran with it. Right. So, so what did that look like? What did running with it look like? Once you decide, all right, like, you know, this looks like the avenue that I want to go down. How did you start sort of focusing your, yourself towards getting to that next level? Uh, in college. No, sorry, sorry. In high school, like, what were some of the things that you did to get better oh, okay. as a player? Yeah. You know what, man? So I don't think I did enough, honestly. It, it was actually no joke. It was watching like you and Christmas uh, that first year and mm-hmm. being like, you no, know, it was it was you guys there. That was on on our on my team at Hopkins. It was like Kyle Berry. It was Peter Lasore. I was just watching you guys like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how are they so ready to do this? <laughs> and I am like, athletically, I'm 100% here. But like, right. skill-wise, I'm not. Um, and it was just very clear that, you know, that my, my, my jump in college, I know the question was about high school, so I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But my jump in college had a lot to do with like, finally understanding like, all right, in order to catch up to these dudes skill-wise, I have to put in like legitimate work. Like me just shooting every day isn't enough. Like I got to get on the wall. I got to watch film. I got to watch how these guys do their thing. I got to watch how, you know, I'm obsessed with AJ Hogan. Instead of just watching his highlights, I need to watch like, how does he carry the ball? How does he transition when somebody slides and get the ball out of his stick? Like those are things I needed to teach myself. And, And while watching you guys all be so successful our freshman year, it finally clicked to me that like I wasn't putting in enough time stick work wise. I was putting in the time everywhere else, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I was athletically able to hang in there. Um, but, but in high school, man, I, I just think because I think mentally I had committed to being a lacrosse player, mm-hmm. but physically I was still playing basketball, still playing soccer. Like, you know, lacrosse was still candidly the thing I did the least. Like I, right. I was on multiple basketball teams. I was on multiple soccer teams. 
Um, and I just didn't make that transition to like, all right, I got to get myself stick work wise ready to play in college. I was ready athletically, right. uh, but I, I certainly could have done more to prepare stick work wise. Yeah. What, what do you think was the reason why, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, what do you think the reason was why you like sort of didn't put that effort in? You know what I mean? I'm sure everybody, myself yeah. included, looks back at their high school career and goes, ah, I could have worked so much harder. I could have did so much more. What do you think that doesn't, yeah. that didn't click for you? You know, I, I think for it, it, I'm trying to make sure I articulate it properly. So I don't think it was, I don't necessarily think I, I had the thought that like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not working hard. You know, like it wasn't that right. it was more of like a, I'm a really confident athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and just speaking, like take all skills away, just sheer athleticism. I'm pretty confident there. Right. Um, and so for me, I always felt like as long as I'm playing something and basketball, this was the case, soccer was the case, lacrosse was just a different animal. But like, as long as I was playing in those sports, I was improving rapidly. Like if I'm going down to the court every day and playing pickup hoops in Baltimore, like I'm getting better. Uh, if I'm going to OP soccer, soccer uh, practice or a club soccer practice, like I got better. Like there was no, no need to put in the extra time uh, that it requires with like learning the skill of a lacrosse stick in your hand. Right. And so, right. right. For me, lacrosse was just the thing that, like, I probably, I'm not probably, I was definitely wrong in the thought of, like, just playing summer league. I remember I played Gilman summer league with, like, a bunch of pros uh, and, and Hopkins players, like Connor Ford was playing in the league, Spencer Ford was playing in the league. Like, there was a bunch of guys um, that were playing in that thing. And so I think going from high school to college, playing in that, that league that summer, for me, I probably mentally felt like I was doing what I needed to do. Right. Uh, when in actuality, our sport is just a different animal, man. Like, yeah. you know how it goes. You don't have your stick in your hand for a day. You're worse. Like, you're, right. you're just not as clean. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what, like, that's what, I think kids today actually do it, like, especially the elite kid mm-hmm. does a really good job with that. Like, and these kids are playing nonstop. And when I say play, I don't, I, I know there's this big um, thing in lacrosse right now. Everybody's saying kids are playing too many games and we don't need to go down that path um, of discussing that. But I think more importantly than all the games kids are playing, like I think these kids genuinely love the sport and their stick is just always in their hand. Like they're always playing wall ball. They're always messing out, you know, messing around outside and uh, with their buddies. Like I just moved back to, to Maryland and I live in this community in Severna Park. It's an awesome community. And it's funny for me, my wife and I were laughing the other day, like, I haven't lived somewhere like this in, in a decade. Like, you drive around, and there's just, like, lacrosse goals in everybody's yard, and everybody's right. always playing. <laughs> like, they're, they're playing right. pickup, they're playing fiddlesticks, they're doing something. Right. Um, and so that, that's an important thing, man. That's a really important thing in our sport. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, you sort of, you sort of touched on uh, where, where, I was, where I was going with that question is, like, there, there's a certain point where when you – if you're going to devote yourself to something, you need to do it deliberately, right? And going, yeah. that's that's one thing that I, what you said was one thing that I realized as well, looking back on it, right? It's like, I did the exact same thing that you did, right? Like I, uh, you know, I went and I played summer league with some of the kids that were still in college, uh, you know, my, after my senior year, the summer of my senior year, going to my freshman year of, uh, of yeah. college. And I, I did think to myself, like, yeah, this is this is all that I should be doing. What else could I possibly be doing? But looking back on it now, right. it's like, you know what, like, if you're going to play lacrosse and this is going to quote unquote be your profession for the next couple of years, the way that you handle profession is like, you know, you break it down to a constituent part. You, you go to the wall, you try to study game film, you try to improve your 40 time, you know, like all of those things. Like, I think I would have taken it much, 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 much seriously, uh, much more seriously. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, your time at college. Uh, what made you decide on Hopkins? Baltimore kid, man. Like it, it's, uh, it's in my opinion, if you live here um, and you grow up going to Hopkins games, you know, my best friend in the world, Benson Irwin, who went to Hopkins with me, he, uh, his, his house legitimately is, I don't know, two and a half blocks from Hopkins. So like right. we spent so much time growing up, going to games, just shooting up there. Um, it just, it was a no brainer. So once yeah. I started getting recruited after top two Oh five, and Coach Petro came came calling. It was uh, I, I went down the path of like taking trips to I think where did I take my trips? I went to UNC. I went to Maryland. Uh, I want to say I can't remember if I canceled Virginia or not. 
Um, but it, I mean, once I went to Hopkins, it was, it was pretty much a done deal. It was, it was pretty much a done deal. So, uh, so once... yeah, well, and you know what else, you know, what's also cool about this, man. I don't know if you and you, your class, cause you guys obviously had a really elite class too. Mm-hmm. I think what was really good. And I don't know if coach Petra did this purposely, but like we were all there on our recruiting trip together. So that weekend in fall was like me, Irwin, Lestore, Kyle Berry, Tom Garvey, Chris Watson, um, and it was just like the whole class. And so like, I remember being there that weekend and us all sitting down being like, well, there are 13 of us and you know, we're all pretty good. So <laughs> let's, you know, let's try and all come here. And, and I think we could do something pretty special. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was already leaning towards Hopkins, but then once I met all those guys and everybody kind of had the conversation of like, this could be pretty, pretty crazy. Um, you know, it was, it was a no brainer. Right. Yeah. I can remember, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't have that sort of situation, but, uh, I do remember, I do remember very Cause I, I committed really late in the process. I do remember very distinct, uh, very distinctly actually like being in class in high school when I was deciding on whether or not I wanted to go to Virginia or UVA or, mm-hmm. or, or Duke and, actually drawing up from the you know from the kids that i knew had already committed drawing up what the starting lineup would be our senior year and i was like and i was thinking like you know what yeah this is going to be a pretty amazing team like that definitely played a lot into my decision um but uh but so when you got to hopkins did you feel like it was a fit right away yeah, man, because mentally, like, I was in, right? Like, so my, my goals for college were graduate, uh, go to the best uh, school I could possibly get into, and compete for a national championship every year. Uh, and so everything else, like, kind of fell by the wayside. Like, obviously, my family was five minutes away, so that, that was still a top priority for me, but I could see them whenever I wanted to, right. uh, which was a big part of my decision. But, like, the social aspect, the go out, the do all, like, I, that was never a worry or something I even thought about. I had the rest of my life to do that. Uh, so when I got to college, like I was, I was prepared for Hopkins. Absolutely. Right. And I was locked in and focused for four years, uh, on accomplishing the goals that, that we set out. So, um, you know, it took a, like I said earlier, it took that freshman year for me is my, I have no regrets from my lacrosse career outside of that year, only because I feel like I could have done so much more. Um, in retrospect, like I could have put more time in, I could have been more productive. We ended up losing in the final or, uh, and had I developed into the player, uh, that I did the beginning of my sophomore year, uh, just, you know, six months earlier, maybe, maybe we get the championship, uh, you know, we're already in championship weekend. Maybe we get to Monday and maybe, maybe you get an opportunity to, to win another one. So, right. uh, that's my only regret is, is the amount of effort and energy that I took into my, my freshman year. Uh, cause I feel like I, I could have been better. Right. So, so that's one thing th- that is probably the question that I want to ask you the most. So uh, to, to set this up a little yeah. bit and, you know, I, I mean, no offense by this setup, but, Freshman year, mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember you, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what you just said, what you said before about like you had the athleticism, you had the moves, uh, you know, you, you were able to do the things that Mikey Powell was doing on the field. Um, you just didn't necessarily right. have the stick skills. Um, what, what I remember you from freshman year, I remember the scouting report was like unbelievable split dodge. You won't be able to stay with this guy, but he's not going to hit the cage. And then, yep. and then I remember, and then sophomore year, it was a completely different story. The scattering report changed from where well, you're not going to be able to stay with this guy and he's going to pick corners on the run. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> yep. what, what happened from freshman year to sophomore year that you made such a dramatic change in just that short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Like, I think in our sport, like, you can't just play and put time in and think that that's going to directly affect what happens on the field. Like you have to be, you have to be driven one and you have to figure out exactly what you're going to need to do on Saturday to be successful. And then that has to be practiced all week long. You know, for me, the reason that, you know, coach Petro, coach T and I joke about all the time. The reason I, I made that jump from freshman to sophomore year, um, skill wise and, and you know, what I accomplished on the field and what I was able to do was, it was all based on that entire summer. I shot from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day, every single day. And it wasn't just shooting. Like, before I'd go out, I'm sure you're no different when you were in high school. Like, I'd go out with a bunch of balls and mess around with my buddies, shoot low to high, which obviously I can't do. Um, but shoot low to high and try and hit corners and do all kinds of nonsense. But, like, never practice the thing that I'm actually going to have to do on Saturday to be successful. 
And so that whole summer, two hours a day, 11 to one, when it was at its hottest on Homewood, I would put 20 balls at the top of the steering line. I would sprint at full speed, do a split dot, shoot on the run, jog back up, sprint at full speed, go the other way, split dot, shoot. And I just did it over and over and over again. And if you watch me play, specifically in, in college, it's changed a little bit um, at the pro level, but I didn't change up my shot all that much. Um, and I think it was the angle in which I took jump shots. It was almost like shooting down at the goalie. You know, from even if you could kind of know where I was going with it, it was kind of coming down over top of your head. Right. Um, but either way, it was just because that's what I had repped so much. Like, it was almost at a point, dude, no exaggeration. Like, I couldn't change it because that's all I was doing it, you know, uh, seven days a week, two hours a day, right. working on that, just splitting, getting my hands free, and taking a jump shot with either hand. And so, you know, the, the big change came from, like, a commitment to, like, actually practicing the things that I was going to have to do on Saturday, not random shooting, not working on behind the bats, working on nonsense that I'm not going to do, not being so <laughs> caught up with what Mikey Powell's doing. They're like, I'm trying to do what he's doing. Like, no, do what I like, shake and learn to shoot the ball on the run like I'm going to do on Saturday. And that's why the big jump. Happened. Right, right. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like you're saying two things there. It's like, you know, one, obviously you're you're practicing deliberately, right? You're you're focusing on one very yep. specific thing that you want to get better at. And you're just repetition yep. over and over and over again until you perfected it. And, and and the other thing is you're saying like, you know, you're, you're honestly evaluating yourself, right? You're saying like, this is my game. Yep. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be throwing around the back passes. I'm not going to be throwing around the world passes. Those are things that, you know, yep. they might be nice, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what my strength is and I'm going to make it better than anybody else in the game. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, man, that, that was it. And that was, and it was just, you know, it was, it was a matter of just understanding that like you, and I think it's tough for kids to understand, like, cause we watch all these high, I mean, there's so few guys that can play the way like you played junior played. Like I'm thinking of guys with just like these crafty sticks. They're like, obviously that's what we see on YouTube and Instagram. And the kids just like immediately want to do that. Right. <laughs> and it's just right. not, it's not a thing for most guys. Like, it's really tough to play that way, right? Right. And so you right. do have to be honest with yourself and figure out, like, what is what is your skill set? What are you going to be able to do at an elite level? And then work on that. And, and unfortunately, it, at times, maybe it's not the coolest, most aesthetically pleasing thing. Right. Uh, like, my game is, I, I don't think, I think the athleticism, the shake, all that stuff is, like, cool. But, like, it, uh, what I do with my stick certainly doesn't compare to what John Grant Jr. does. It is. Right. <laughs> um, right. It's just, we all have, our, we all have our own lanes, right? Like figure out what you need to do and then practice that actual skill. Not a bunch of other randomness, like practice that actual skill that needs to happen on Saturday. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right on. I think that's a great point. Um, so, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. You guys won, uh, yeah. you won the national championship. you uh, in 2005, your senior year, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, if you can, can you, what, what was it about that team? Um, you know, that, that uh, what, what would you say led to that national championship that year? What, what was it about that team that, that made you guys stand out above the rest? Yeah, well, we were, we were a super resilient group, man. I think rewinded back to what we talked about like 10 minutes ago. I, I think the, um, the group, we were seniors finally, right? So that, that group that like decided to come to Hopkins and we had our recruiting trip together and, you know, we talked about all the things that we hope to accomplish together. Like we were seniors and hadn't accomplished that yet. Uh, we'd, we'd come close. You know, we lost to you all our sophomore year and, um, you know, junior or freshman and junior year, we lost in the final four. So senior year, man, it was so much fun for me. I look back on that year so fondly, obviously because of the national championship, but athletically, that was the most fun I've ever had playing because of the amount of pressure that was on the entire year. Like mm -hmm. that, our seniors, like from my class, we never lost a home game at Homewood. Right. Uh, so there was that pressure. Like literally every game we played at Homewood that came down to the wire overtime, down by one, whatever it was, there was just so much fun right. uh, and pressure in those moments. Um, so, you know, Navy, we took to overtime that year. Um, you know, we won overtime. Uh, Duke, we took to overtime. There was like three or four overtime games at Homewood that year, which was so fun. Um, and then, so you had that pressure and then leading up to the, the championship weekend, like, again, we were this number one class, all this stuff that hadn't done it yet. So the pressure of like, are we going to figure this thing out? Uh, and then obviously Virginia game, you know, going down to you guys and then how that happened. Like I, I, to this day believe that that happened for a reason, like Benson Irwin, uh, was the heart and soul of that team. And we had all these high profile guys, you know, myself, 
uh, Ray Bull was on that team, Jesse Schwartzman, Tom Garvey. Uh, we had all these guys were uh, in all the, the, you know, getting all the, the, the press and all that different stuff. And Benson Irwin being, you know, a D-Bitty, the guy in the heart and soul of that team, scoring that goal uh, right. to send us to the national championship. It was just like the culmination of, of everything. And then, so getting to the championship game, you know, at Duke, it, it honestly felt like, I remember walking on that field, Matt Rakowski being like, Let, let's just finish this thing. Like, we just right. got through the hardest part of it. Like, this is supposed to happen. Let's just go out, do what we got to do. It's going to be a close game. We know that. You know, we're, we're older. We're seniors. Like, once we get down on the wire here, we get it by a couple in the fourth quarter, hang on to the ball, and let's get, let's get out of here with, with the national championship. Like, right. that was the plan. It was so businesslike. Um, <laughs> and, it was, and it was, again, I think it came down to, like, that class. Like, it, you know, we had the seniors that had been through literally everything, and then we had this freshman class of just absolute freaks uh, with Paul and Steven Pizer and just guys that just, you know, they could take over games when, when we weren't playing well, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Paul, you know, to this day, I, I say this about Paul all the time, a good friend of mine now, but Paul is, uh, he was the first midfielder I had seen come into college and, you know, just, just be absolutely dominant. You couldn't mm-hmm. guard him. He could shoot at either hand. And he right. was like prepared from the beginning, like, you know, rewinding to what we talked about with me, like, when I showed up freshman year, this skinny dude who just could like fly around the field but couldn't catch and throw. Right. Um, you know, Paul showed up. <laughs> Paul showed up as like a 6'3", 215 pound dude that could shake with either hand, competitive, right. uh, put the ball in the back of the cage. And so, you know, when you combine that with the seniors that we had, the goalkeeping we had, the defense we had, um, you know, man, it was, uh, it, was, it was a perfect storm for us. Right, right. You know, so, so one thing that sticks out from what you said is you mentioned – you mentioned the pressure that you had at, you know, when you guys were playing home games at Homewood and that, that was fun. Right. And listen, I, I totally agree. I love those situations, but I know a lot of players that would say the amount of pressure that we had, you know, at Homewood was almost overbearing, right? Like it was almost too much to handle. What what was it about? I guess, you know, I know you're speaking to, I know you're speaking about yourself, but it's, it also sounds like you're talking about that senior class or or that team was able to handle that. How do you guys, how were you guys able to handle that pressure? You know, I think it comes down to a bunch of things, but for for starters and and most importantly, like it came down to like the amount of effort and energy we had put into it. Like we knew that like we had done everything we possibly could Mm -hmm. to prepare for that moment, right? So whatever the moment was, um, we, we were prepared for it. You know, like I, a perfect example I give a lot is, so Navy, we go down um, by one with like, I want to say like maybe 17 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Down one, we're at home. We So we hadn't lost the Navy at that point in like 29 years. We've never lost a home game and we never lost a home game at home. Board. So there's like all these different things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I'm on the crease. We're down by, we're down by one. I took a shot and I missed. Uh, and so now like, you know, I replaced, I'm on the crease right now, which is obviously not a place for me still to this day, not a place <laughs> for me. Um, and so we, I think it was a sword dodge from X or somebody dodged from X and I rolled off, uh, you know, just replacing behind the goal. Again, something that like, I don't do. Right. Um, and I, I catch the ball. I split right to left, come up that left hash, uh, like run through a check and take like a jump shot left-handed into the, the far top right corner, tied up to go into overtime. Mm-hmm. And the reason I explain that is like those, that's not in my skill set, but for four years, Coach T, our offensive coordinator at the time, every practice, we'd all get behind the goal. We'd split from right to left, go shoot up the hash left-handed, split from left to right, go shoot up the hash right-handed. So for right. me, in that moment, like I was prepared for that. Like, I, again, I, you, put, you tell me to do that 10 times out of 10, I'm not sure how many times I do it. But because of the amount of effort and energy and repetitions we had put into it for four years, mm-hmm. I got in that situation down by one with 17 seconds left and our, all that stuff on the line and was able to make that play just based on the, the amount of time we had put into it leading up to it. So I think right. every moment that happened that year, man, we, we had prepared for it. Uh, no moment was too big. Nothing scared us, like going down, going up, whatever it was. Like we were just such an even keel group because we had been through literally everything. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about your uh, your training routine now. But uh, your training routine nowadays. So uh, how do you work on your game today? You know, now you're playing in the MLL. You guys don't get to see each other every day. Uh, what does your routine look like? Yeah, man. So I think as you get older, it changes, right? Like it used to be. 
let's run around, let's shoot, let's, let's do as much as we possibly can. Now it's more of a maintenance thing. Like I want to make sure I, I'm at a point in my career. I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday. I'm at a point in my career where I can still play at a very high level mm-hmm. if healthy. The mm-hmm. toughest part is staying healthy, right? Because as you right. get older, when you tweak something, like one, it takes longer to recover from that injury. So like last year, for example, I came out of the gates hot. Like I, I came into the season in shape, um, you know, best shape I've been in a while, but healthy all off season. Uh, in the first four or five games, like I was doing what I'm used to doing, splitting, shooting on the run, making plays, like doing uh, what, what I know I'm capable of doing. And then I pulled my hamstring in a Denver game. And that literally took the, like my season went from feeling great, feeling like I'm myself to like, the next seven weeks were spent like trying to get my hamstring healthy enough to play. And right. so as you do that, the rest of your body like is suffering, right? Cause I'm not working out the way that I need to because I'm doing so much PT on my hamstring. And now, you know, when you get hamstring stuff and you get leg stuff, you're like, well, now I can't even run and shoot on my own. So now my stick skills are suffering. So it's just like, it's, it's just a snowball effect. Right. So right, right, for right. me, off, off season is all about like maintenance, and getting healthy, like getting my hamstrings strong, getting my adductors strong, getting things strong so that they don't pull, they don't tweak. Uh, because if they don't pull, they don't tweak, I know that I can do what I want to do on the field. Um, so training-wise, you know, you know, it's all about eating right, getting enough sleep, hydration, all, all that stuff that we all know. Um, and I think it's different at every level, right? Um, you know, there's a level that strength training is super important. There's a level that agility is super important. Um, you know, so I, plyos are important. So I could, I could list it all. But for me personally, like right now, it's about maintenance. It's about band work. It's about getting work on all my different muscles and keeping things strong so they don't, they don't pop, pull, tweak uh, come season time. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so let's, let's go over what a, what a typical training session is uh, for you and Will. Uh, if we can, let's separate it by field and weight room. So when you are going to the field, you know, let's say it's, uh, it's in season, you're going to the field. Uh, you're going to get a workout in. What does that look like? Yeah. So are we, are we talking like skill work? Or are we talking running? Uh, I mean, let's, let's, why not do both? <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, what, yeah, when it comes to, so I'm a big, I'm a big believer that like when it comes to the skill work shooting, I only take shots on my own that I will get in the game. That's the only shots I take just because I feel like, you know, at the, at the pro level, um, you, it's a little bit more predictable in terms of like where my shots will come from. Right. Uh, obviously on the run, it, on the run, it can happen anywhere, but time and room wise, like, you know, you have your man up spot, you have your fade off the crease, mm-hmm. you have your fade backside. Like you have all the, the normal shots that you're going to get um, on, on a game by game basis. So those are the shots I take on my own. I obviously do a lot of dodging shooting on the run uh, because those are especially playing with a guy like Schreiber, Peter Baum, they draw so much attention that, you know, as right. they dodge, draw it, bang it to me, I'm going to catch a ball with somebody running out at me and I'm going to, I'm going to have an opportunity to shake and make a play before anybody can get to me. Um, you know, so a lot, a lot of shots that I, that I get in the game and then, and then for the training portion, man, it's a lot of ladder work. It's a lot of cone drills. Again, it's a lot of stuff just trying to put volume on my legs because mm-hmm. pro games are also long, right? You have the shot right. clock. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, me, me and Paulie talk about this all the time. Like a lot of people don't get like, when you sub into lacrosse, like that's a long run from the box into the into the play, like because you have fifty seconds, so you're not you're not like walking out there or trying out there. Like you got to get in because by the time you make a save, you clear it and you get the guys on the field. Your your shot clock is not at sixty; it's at thirty five. Right. Uh, you know, so you're right. you're sprinting on the field, and then inevitably something happens. Somebody shoots it, you turn it over. And then you'd have to sprint all the way back, or you have to sprint to the box. And Paul and I talk about it all the time, like, yo, I'd rather sprint back in the hole and just like play transition defense right. than sprint all the way back over to the box. Like it's so fun. <laughs> right. uh, so like, you just got to put volume on your legs and be, be prepared to go up and down. And I think right. the big, the toughest part, and I think it's probably the same in every sport, but the toughest part about lacrosse is like you can't prepare yourself to play in a game without like game situations. Like it's just right. a different pace. And that 50 second shot clock, the intensity, the pressure, uh, the competition, the juices are flowing. You know, you can't prepare yourself for the second quarter after, you know, the first quarter has happened. You guys are pumped up, but, but at the same time, uh, energy that you take into a game is gone, right? Like that whole, like, hey, we're playing is gone. Now right. it's the second quarter, you got a quarter under your belt. 
and you got to now find it again. Like you can only right. get that from game situations. So right. it's just about trying to put yourself, put yourself in these situations training wise, you know, you try and train in 60 second increments because you know, that's what you got to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so there's a bunch of little tricks. And then in the weight room, man, like I'm again, I'm, a, I'm an old man now. So I'm at like the <laughs> maintenance point. Right. So you won't catch me in there like ha- hang cleaning uh, and doing all kinds of craziness. I'm, I'm at the, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll do some squats. It's a lot of core work. It's a lot of lower body work again, in attempt to keep my keep my legs healthy um, and, and keep things strong. But I, I, I you know, full disclosure, I, I'm I'm at a point where I do not go crazy in the weight room. I right. can't have something dumb happen in there. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So it's no, there's no, uh, you know, you're not you're not tracking the weights that you're that you're lifting. You're not really trying to get stronger. You're just trying to maintain in the weight room. No, but no. Well, at this point, yes, I'm just maintaining. But I think there right. there is a point. Like, you know, you, you talk to me like, yeah, like eight to 10 years ago, there was a point where I wanted to get stronger. Like I felt like the transition from college to pro, I had to get stronger. Cause there's mm-hmm. a difference between, and I, I realized that uh, I was fortunate enough to make the U S team right after college. Like we had tryouts. I want to say like literally two weeks after we graduated, um, and I made a team and I remember playing in those worlds and being like, yikes, this is a different situation playing against grown men than it was in college like i'm strong right. enough to play in college but i am not strong enough to play against these dudes uh professionally and certainly not in the world game so right. there was a transition out of college where like i needed to put on 10 15 pounds and be prepared to you know take a little bit of a beating and understand that the defense you know in college is some stick checking not much hitting you know how it goes and then in the pros it's a really physical game you know you're right. leaning people are leaning on you you can cross check um, you know, the hits are coming from everywhere. Everybody's athletic and, and good. So like the whole college thing where like, you know, I, I'm sure you were similar. Like I would look at the slide guy and see who it was and know that like more often than not, I can beat my man and I can get to where I want to get to before that dude can get to me. Right. Uh, whereas in the pros, like that's not a thing. Like everybody's fast, athletic, like it's, that's, you got to be strong enough to, to be able to soak uh, a check from someone, soak a cross check, roll out of it and then probably get popped by someone else and then move the rock. Like you got to be strong enough to handle that. Um, and so there, there was a time where I needed to get stronger. Right. Yeah. So, so if you can, you know, let's, let's go back, uh, eight or 10 years. What were yeah. you doing? What were you doing in the weight room? What, what did that, what did that consist of when you were trying to get stronger? Yeah, man. So it was just, it was just tracking everything. Right. Like I mm-hmm. think, you know, coach Jay, who was a strength coach at Hopkins, he's a strength Coach Team USA, a lot of pros here train with him. Like I did a lot of training with him. I did a lot of training with guys out in LA. Uh, and it was a lot of med ball stuff. Um, again, a lot of core things. Um, you know, uh, exercises that were functional, right? Like I, I'm not, I was never really like the heavy squat, the heavy bench press. Um, it was all about getting, being explosive while getting stronger. Um, and, and just, and again, putting volume on my body. And, and so, you know, it was eating right. It was protein shake. It was, it was a combination of all those things. But, you know, for, for me, looking back at that time, like, it was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a weight room guy. I'm, I've right. never had been. <laughs> never have been. Never, never will be. Gotcha. I just don't like it. Gotcha. You know, so, so I think it's the second time in the interview you mentioned, uh, you know, eating right. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what that means to you? You know, I know everybody's got their own, like, fad diet or whatever, but – the reason why I asked that question is when I was in college, no, I had no idea about what eating right was at all, yeah. right, on any level. So yeah. I wonder if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm like a new age eat right guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think in college, I was like you. I was just at the dining hall, just eating. I mean, we were also burning so much in college, right? Uh, so it didn't matter that much, um, you know. But I think as I've gotten older, it's just. I think there's a bunch of stuff, right, man? It's, it's eating right. It's eating at the right time of day. It's, 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 it's hydration. It's making sure you're getting enough sleep. Like I think as you get older as an athlete and, and as you learn more um, and, and, you know, now that my, my life is based around being ready to perform on Saturday, um, you, you have to figure out how to, how to get there, right? Like how are you maximizing that? Like how are you making sure that you've done everything you possibly can do to, to put your body in a position to be successful on Saturday? And so mm-hmm. again, I think it is eating, obviously, uh, and, and watching what you put in your body. Uh, but at the same time, it's all those other things too. It's are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Uh, and I think, you know, for younger kids, the, the whole time management becomes really important, right? Like the whole stay up really late, wake up early thing. Like 
eventually that's going to have an impact on your performance right. sooner rather than later. Um, and so it's kind of a combination of all those things, staying away from soda. That's just, that's a really easy one. Um, but it, it makes, makes a huge impact. Uh, right. and, and so again, I, I can't, you can't, I can't tell someone specifically exactly what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause everybody's a little different. Like I've seen people eat terribly and just figure it out. And for some reason, the metabolism <laughs> keeps going and, and, and they're right. good, you know? So, right. but I'm a firm believer that, you know, the studies do show that with the right amount of sleep and the right diet and then being hydrated, like your body will be ready to perform. So if you don't fall into that category of guy or girl that can eat, do whatever they want, whenever they want, and, right. and your body's in top, uh, you know, ready to perform, like I, I would try and, and go through the process of figuring out, you know, what, what you should be putting in your body. Like healthy snacks, I think are really important, right? Like mm-hmm. I think, especially when you're on the go, you're younger, you're moving, you're going to practice, you're going to your game, you got to go to study group, you got that. Like there's a lot of things going on, but they're, they're healthier snacks that you could be eating as opposed right. to the Cheetos or Doritos from, from the vending machine. Maybe you get some nuts or you get right. like, bear, like there's just ways to go about it. Right. Um, and so it's worth putting in the time and researching, right? Because I think the, the athlete at this point is serious. And so if you're not doing it, believe me, there's someone else doing it for sure. Right. And you guys are going to run into each other one day right. without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a key point. And I think like, you know, the, the two things that I think, you know, are, are the, the most important there is, uh, you know, one, I think people underestimate how important hydration is, especially when you're in college, you just don't think about it, right? Like the amount of water that yep. you should be drinking as an athlete is, you know, it's probably close, if not more than a gallon a day. I definitely was not drinking that while I was in, while I was in college. Right. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, sleep is just something that you don't really think about when you're in college. I mean, you try to sleep as much as you can, but you don't think about getting on a schedule. You don't think about, well, if I'm going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning and I'm going to have to wake up at six to get to class, you know, how's that going to wear on me over time? You just don't think about that stuff. Right. And young kids, I think if they're, uh, you know, if there are two things to take away from that, I think, uh, hydration and sleep are, uh, are super, super important. Um, but, uh, but listen, I, I I got my eye on the clock. I won't keep you too much longer. But uh, if we can, let's hey, just uh, let's talk about uh, you know your pregame routine when you're uh, you know it's during the season. It's the MLL. You got an upcoming opponent. Um, what's mm-hmm. your what's your you know say Thursday, Friday, Saturday like? How are you preparing yeah. for that opponent? Yep. Yeah. So you know we're lucky in that you know we have. A- really great film breakdown. I became obsessed with film in college. Uh, that was also a big part, a part of my transition from my freshman to my sophomore year when I understood like film study. I was like, wait, I can literally watch every play that this guy that is going to be playing me has played this year and like mm-hmm. see all his tendencies. And then I get to play against him. Sad. Like, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> like I became obsessed with it in college. Uh, and then, so now at the pro level, like we, we have access to the same stuff. It's just quicker, easier, cleaner. So like I mm-hmm. just jump on my app and I can watch every play from the following, you know, the, the prior week that that team has played uh, on the defensive side of the ball, see how they slide, see how they react. And so, you know, we usually get our scouting reports or game plan on Tuesday. Um, so we have that. We know what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I usually watch film Wednesday, Thursday, find out what I'm, I'm looking at. Friday, we get to Ohio or wherever the game is, uh, practice uh, with the team. Saturday, you know, you do the walkthrough just to make sure everybody's sticks are clean and go over last-minute game uh, game plan details that maybe maybe we changed or maybe we didn't execute well the night before, and then, and then you go out and play. So for the team, that's kind of the rundown. For me, mentally, it's just about, again, putting myself in, in the position to be successful in the field, right? So, like, watch, watch how they slide. Watch how they play. Watch how uh, the short sticks approach the ball. Watch how the goalie, when you get on low angles, what does he do? Because obviously mm-hmm. I take these dumb low angle jump shots. So like, what's that guy doing? <laughs> uh, you know, as I get, as I get down there and, um, you know, so it's just about, again, putting myself in the best possible situation to be successful on Saturday and be productive. Um, gotcha. and, and that comes with everything we just talked about, the hydration, the, um, the getting enough sleep, you know, uh, that's a big one for me. I have two young kids. I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, right? So sleep. Mm-hmm especially consistently, but it's tough to come by. And so, you know, my wife is great about understanding, like, as we get late in the week and we get closer to game, uh, game day, like, I, I need to sleep through the night on Thursday because, right. you know, that, that's an important night for me. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't be up two or three times with a little guy. So uh, I'm lucky in that I have an extremely supportive wife and understanding wife of all these things. 
gotcha. but it's just my, my life late in the week, Wednesday on is all about preparing for Saturday. Right, right. And so, you know, you mentioned you, you spend a lot of time looking at your opponent. Do you spend any time uh, looking at yourself, either, you know, what you maybe did the previous week or what you did against them yeah. or the same team the last time you guys played? Yeah, you know, I don't really. I, I think uh, you know how this goes, dude. We've played enough. To, like, I have all that filed in my head. And so if there's like <laughs> right. a specific play that like, if there's a specific play that I know I messed up or I know I could have done something better, I'm like, wait, why didn't that work? Like, I'll go back and watch that. Uh, or if I had a really bad game or, or something along those lines, I'll go back and watch and kind of try and try and analyze what happens. But uh, it's and all that stuff in the back of my head. And, um, you know, I shoot every day and, and make sure that I'm getting my repetitions in. But I also don't, I don't dwell on things. I think that's important at the pro level. Like you play so much, you're going to have so many possessions that when you start analyzing and questioning yourself, uh, that's when stuff gets tough. Uh, and you, you start second guessing yourself on the field. Like it's no different from college in that, the reason I'll never question myself is because I know the amount of energy and effort I put into being prepared for it. So I think once, once you stop putting in the energy and effort, that's when all of a sudden like doubt starts creeping in. Right. And I always start creeping in because it creeps in of us, but I always start creeping in at that point. But at that point, like all of a sudden you're not able to overcome it because you know, in the back of your head, like, well, I really didn't shoot that much this week, or I really didn't watch that. Like, you know, you all right. of a sudden you have to be real with yourself and you start to realize like maybe it's time to walk away. So right. I'm not there yet. I still put the time in and I'm still able to, you know, I think any, every athlete on the face of this earth has, has self doubt creep in. Uh, but I'm currently still able to push that out and go forward and be productive because I know how much time I put in. And you just always come back to like, if I miss a shot on the run, I miss a step down or I miss something that I feel like I should have canned. Like, that's what it was. It was a miss. It wasn't right. like this big, like I suck. I don't have it anymore. Like, no, I missed. So that, that was right. it. Uh, you move on from it. And so again, that, that you end up falling from what you put into it. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's such a key point, man. The, the, the mental part of the game is made so much easier when you put the preparation, in, right? When you don't have to worry about like, right. ah, did I shoot enough? Did I run enough? Am I in shape? You know, what about, am I, right. am I as in shape as the guy who's going to guard me? Once you take those variables off the table because you prepared as hard as you possibly can, there's such a mental, such a mental boost that comes from that. It, uh, 100%. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, uh, so what is a typical game day like for you? Any superstitions, pregame meals, any special routine, anything like that? No, I mean, the pregame meal is tough at the pro level, it's just such a <laughs> toss up right. depending on where you are, uh, about the food you'll get. But, um, uh, you know, I, I spend, uh, I come to the stadium. I usually go out early and, and stretch, uh, throw it around a little bit. Nothing, nothing too rigorous, just slowly loosening up. Uh, I'll come back in locker room, get my ankles taped, tape my wrists, uh, think about and visualize what I need to do and, and what we've kind of gone over for the week and, and who I'm going to be playing against. You know, sometimes you show up in the lineup different than what you thought it was going to be. So the little mental checks you have to go down. Um, you know, I, I go out, we warm up. Um, I come back in the locker room. I FaceTime my wife and kids. Uh, they wish me luck, check on them. And then uh, I jog one out to the field, say a prayer in the corner, thanking, thanking the guy upstairs for everything and, and giving us the opportunity to play. And then I run out and play. I, I think, you know, for me, I was a guy in college that, like, I got so regimented. And I don't know if you had guys like this on your team. And I got so superstitious about stuff. So, like, I started, I started like, blaming things that happened on the field and, like, randomness that didn't happen in my pregame, you know, superstition. Right. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was but, me. I got, I, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I had to, I had to like get away from all of it just because you know how it goes. That's a, that's a mental, uh, that's a mental game right there. Once you start right. really like genuinely blaming things that happen on the field, uh, on the fact that you didn't like get the right bagel sandwich and walk through the right door and step <laughs> over the right, like it just right. gets crazy. Right. Um, so I've tried to keep, keep my mental pregame stuff to, to a minimum just so I don't go back down that rabbit hole again. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Kyle, listen, man, this has really been a great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time, but there's one question I've asked every guest who's come on the show. Uh, what are three things everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Three things. Three things is tough. Uh, one... Let's think of one. I'll start with one. So one, I guess I would say 
commit to something, right? Like I think nowadays, especially with social media and all this craziness, everybody being concerned with what the other person is doing, like figure out what you want and commit yourself to that. Um, you know, I, I think I have a nephew that plays, uh, and I know this is another cross to the question, but you know, I have a nephew that plays, I have a bunch of folks I interact with. And, and, I, and as I mentioned, like people get so caught up in what other people are doing. We all have a different path, man. We all have different stories. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. So figure out what works for you uh, and what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, and then chase it, man. I, I think what's been so fun and, and so fulfilling for me with this lacrosse thing is like when I graduated from Hopkins, like this wasn't my plan to be a pro lacrosse player. Um, I didn't know what the plan was. I, I was a journalism major and, you know, I was in talks with ESPN about doing something with them and inside the cross. And then my senior year went the way it did. And I was fortunate enough to get picked up by, by, um, you know, a few different sponsors that I, that I still currently have. And I just became obsessed with this thing. And I think it's pivoted over the years in terms of what my obsession was. I think 13 years ago at the beginning, it was on training and being this elite lacrosse player. Uh, and now you know, it pivots to the different things going on in the sport. I, you know, I have this great relationship with FTX and I have the ability to, to really affect and be a part of the process of creating products to allow a player to, to reach their potential. Like, that's really fun for me. I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about building different businesses within the sport um, to create opportunities for guys. So I've, I have found this passion in lacrosse, uh, and it's been so fun over my 14-year pro career just to watch it pivot over and over again but it always comes back to my love for the sport, which is why I continue to chase different things. So I would say, you know, I know you asked for three, and I'm not sure if I have three specifics, but I think one, um, as I said, it's, it's just find what you are personally passionate about and just chase it. Do not right. stop. Right. That's awesome. You know, that's such a good answer. I, I, I won't ask you for the last two. That's, uh, that's perfect. Um <laughs> Listen, uh, Kyle, man, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. This is a, a really great conversation. Uh, hopefully we can catch up sometime soon, but thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. Been, been a big fan of you as a player for a while, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Yavoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents game changer team manager is free it's easy to use and it doesn't serve ads learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager until next time keep working and keep getting better